0: Hello and welcome back to the Comedians Outlook podcast. I'm Luke Antony and this week I'm joined by Paul Richards. He is a drummer, writer, novelist, playwright, comedian, performer and, but not limited to, drum teacher. Paul has toured music all over the UK and China, comedy all over the UK and taken 25 shows to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. He has written countless plays, released a novel and although he doesn't get much spare time, he also teaches the drums. It's fair to say he's busy, but he has also seen a lot of success as a musician and a comedian. Well, without further ado, here is my conversation I had with him.
1: What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Well, um, I could die.
0: So firstly, really, I mean, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, no, it's at all. Sorry, I'm um, hungover. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me a bit about your history in music. When did you start playing and what did your parents think to your career career aspirations when you first saw
1: it? Uh, well, my dad was a professional drummer, so that, that helped things. So uh, in, until he had kids, I was one of them, my sister was the other. Uh, and I think he had to get a, a sensible job after that. So uh, music's always been in the family, uh, especially oh, okay. drums as well. So I... Uh, um, and, and but I was denied it because I wanted to be my own person until I got to sort of seventeen, eighteen, and realised I was terrible at school, at uh, education, and drums is the only thing I was good at. So uh, I ended up being in a band instead, which is a pretty cool way to live, isn't it? Really. So <laughs> it a, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm thirty seven now. So sort of look at sort of twenty odd years of playing, and uh, and six years playing professionally. Okay,
0: but it's interesting because often some people that are musicians are in the in the industry. They don't they don't necessarily. Want their children to go into like into drumming. They have seen the worst of it. They've seen the best of it, and they yeah, totally protect you from that. But I mean, it's interesting. You you know you you've failed at school you're saying uh, yeah totally absolutely but you
1: can play the drums uh, yes i mean, an absolute loser at school I was I, I was I was uh, distracted shall we say all the time I was uh, obsessed with the music of Elvis Costello and I was just constantly writing Costello lyrics into my maths book instead of doing maths uh, and so I was uh, yeah a bit, bit of a lost lost child but uh, well meaning um, uh, but yeah the music industry isn't all about um, being famous yeah there's a lot of corporate gigs I do a lot of weddings which we don't really talk about and stuff but it pays the bills doesn't it so, mm. Of course,
0: yeah. yeah, and I imagine, I imagine if you weren't being paid for it at all, you'd still be doing it. Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 my selling point, isn't it? Still, it's, it's the thing that I'm, I know I'm good at, and. Uh yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> some some of us don't have many talents, but no. <laughs> we need to like capitalise on the ones that we do. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's my USP, isn't it? So yeah.
0: So it's um, it's I think it's fair to say then
1: that the music was your first love. It was. Yeah, yeah, totally, and uh, and certain artists that I'm into as well, and yeah, you get kind of. Uh, weirdly obsessed with them and, and, and analyze their drummers and why they're doing that and why why have they chosen this drummer for this project and stuff like that and you, you, it becomes a thing, doesn't it? You have obsession, so yeah. So it's just drums you played, or did you play other uh, other instruments as well? Did you? Um, it's, it's just just drums, but I, I sort of go away from sort of standard kit stuff. I do a lot of African percussion and sort of a bit of timpani and all that stuff as well. So uh, I'm very percussional based. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean I've heard you you play you've performed at my, my comedy club and absolutely incredible and I, oh, I okay. sort of I, I sort of wish you, you had headline now because I think you <laughs> ab- absolutely killed it, which I'm sure I'll get you in for a headline in the future. Oh, let's see. Thank you. Um <laughs> But you're a, clearly an amazing musician. Did you? So you originally wanted to go into music? It's quite common for like me as a comedian. I started out in acting and then music, and I always wanted to be a musician. Yeah, totally. And then I sort of stopped taking myself seriously and realised I wasn't that good at it. and then Yeah. Decided to see the funny side of life and went into comedy.
1: Sure. So um, is it?
0: Always, music was the first. The first aim was it?
1: Um, well, I, I grew up so sort of obsessed with uh, Sylvester album and Dad's Army and Only Fools and Orses and the classic sitcoms. And uh, you know, if you're, I suppose you'd use the word loser again, but if you. <laughs> if, you're, if you're at school and you feel like you're the underdog uh, you, you kind of almost associate yourself with a sitcom and so I always, I, I kind of wanted to do a sitcom at some point yeah. and so I started taking shows in my fridge I started writing for people and ended up being trained by Menagerie Theatre in Cambridge uh, who are, you know, wonderful people I was a bursary writer for them um, and so I ended up being, uh, being a writer for a while and I think drummers get, uh, get a bad name as being the thickest one in the band and stuff and I think I needed something else to prove myself uh, that there's more to me What, what, what people forget is that the drums are the
0: one that if you did dancing, you are dancing to the drums. Yeah, yeah, totally. Be, that yeah, love. I
1: mean, good, good drummers. Uh, you know, we we get all the work. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, and I, it's I, a proper I, workout I, as well. It really is, isn't it? It's, it's most of the carrying stuff afterwards. Because yeah, uh, you know, I load my drum kit because I teach drums as well, and I it's, I, I load it probably four to five times a day, and it's, it's a lot of carrying, isn't it? Around, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it keeps me physically in shape. So yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to go back to like being in
0: school and, and feeling like a bit of an outcast. Yeah, I mean, I had bipolar and I struggled with school and bullying and all that sort of stuff because of it and and all that sort of stuff. And like you say, you said like you see you start seeing your life like a like a sitcom. Yeah, and I just find that amusing. Like at the age of like 15 fifteen, you're like it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. This is all going to be for something. I'm going to write yes. a killer sitcom <laughs> and they're all going. I'm going to put my middle finger up to them all. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's a wonderful uh, band called Benfold's Five who no one's really heard of me, but they're an amazing band and he. he a song called um, One Angry Dwarf and 200 Solemn Faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally how I see myself as the angry dwarf. <laughs> and, uh, but it's about like, going back to that school and kind of just, uh, yeah, giving the fingers, as it say. So, yeah. <laughs> You know
0: what's Um, it's, <laughs> you do realise, he, he, okay? So you can obviously this isn't film, but he is about six foot four. So, uh, yes, <laughs> um, he says dwarf. but He's
1: certainly shot up. I, I, I'm, I'm a lanky giant, aren't I? That's the thing. An, an awkward giant, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, yeah,
0: so I mean, it was and I guess I guess like being in music and being a drummer is pretty cool, and there's there's a whole sort of element that rock and roll life and all that sort of stuff, but. Clearly you 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 sort of experience the oppression that a comedian tends to experience early on in life. Sure, yeah. And then and I just w I just wonder what because a drummer sort of sits back at the the back of the at the back of the, the band and plays the beat. Yeah. How did you manage to and it's very rare for like a drummer to work their way to the front. So, how did you manage to get to talk to the audience from going from bands
1: and being a drummer? I mean, I think you know, when I'm playing the bands, it's my safe place to be in. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm in four bands at the moment, so I'm working in the drums. As you as, take. As a, yeah, as a drum. Uh, and uh, I get behind the kit. And, and the pressures on, on Vicky, our singer, uh, to, to do the pattern and stuff. And if I'm having a bad day, so I'm hungover or something, or if I, you know if something hasn't gone well for me personally, or whatever, I can still get behind the kit, and no one will know the difference. I think when you're doing comedy obviously it's, it's much different because your, your emotions are, are laid raw um, ultimately I started doing comedy to impress a girl um, uh, who, who wasn't impressed but I never <laughs> I, I, I absolutely really not impressed at all And I, I ended up in a really big room at the fringe like a 100 capacity venue uh, even though no one knew I certainly wasn't a name I'm um, still not and, um, and I, was, <laughs> I was getting about seven people a day in this 100 capacity room <laughs> I just died on my ass every single day I never wondered thinking if I had a good show this would be amazing instead I had a show which was about the Lightning Seeds uh, a Britpop band uh, called Things Could Be Marvellous that was my show there and so, it was, um, uh, so I, I kind of got the bugs for it I was thinking yeah okay and, was, and was, I remember waiting behind a curtain before the, as the audience walked in thinking I don't know what I'm doing I'm at my comfort zone but I can do whatever I want with them they've, they've come here for a reason because they like the title I've got them for an hour this is actually really exciting isn't it and it's so you just sort of improvised it You've- well I, I scripted it but I'm terrible at learning lines so, it was, <laughs> so I think I had 12 books. Points that I had to hit for the show to work, yeah. uh, which was sort of scribbled on a post-it note in the corner somewhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and so I knew how to end the show, I knew how to start it. And, and in the middle bit, it was just me trying to get to the end. And, um, <laughs> and and the reviews were lovely for that because it was a truly. I mean, I can't remember. There's one nice line in the whole thing, I think. But uh, uh, everyone seemed to enjoy it, apart from me. I come on stage again, I got away with it again. Uh, <laughs> next year, I'll write something proper, and it'll be really. Yeah. So I then sort of went away and sort of spent a long time writing some stuff I'd be proud of. And, and then no one liked that show, so it's, it's, you, you can't judge it, can you? I like
0: uh, I like how you go from like writing a comprehensive script yeah. to then a couple of bullet points and then just down to words and then actually maybe just letters. Yeah, might so, just be prompts so, Yeah, so, look, this is the
1: punchline. You've got an hour to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> um. Oh man, did you end up dating this girl? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not entirely sure if we ever dated we, I mean she came to Edinburgh with me. this is a long time ago now but uh, she came to Edinburgh with me and uh, so I think we might have been dating I'm not entirely, I don't know what they what, what crosses dating uh, so, <laughs> so that's not even too crude about things but I think there was elements of dating but uh, at the same time she didn't really like me so it's a strange one isn't it um, <laughs> we, we, we I think we split about three or four days into a three week run and then I, I I got drunk with my mate Carl and uh, I drank lots of whiskey and then the next day I had to go and do the show and I, I did the whole thing with a a, a CD player because uh, I'm old school and the CD stopped working that day and I was in a really bad mood and so I and I was, in was, was such a bad way I took the CD out of the player and threw it across the room and shouted every day it does this and I was um, basically a breakdown on stage and the audience loved that they thought that was the character uh, and it was by far the most successful day <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so the next day I tried to do the same thing again but they could see that I was acting it rather than being genuine and it didn't work at all Which just <laughs> a man throwing CDs across the room that's not an act is it so, oh that's so annoying um, <laughs> it is isn't it but uh, but no, it didn't work out of her. I mean, it's, it's all worked out, you know, in, in life, which we say. So that's that's cool. Um, but I, I used to get a lot of material out like being single as well. That was most of my most of my act. And so, you know, I met my girlfriend last January, and it's it's totally buggered up what I do. I've got to be honest. <laughs> she, she's lovely, but yeah, I've had to. It just dried up the comedy. You totally, just... yeah, yeah. The awkward loser thing is great, and now I'm, I'm just content. And no one wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, last year's Edinburgh, I, I I did a song called uh, I'm disgusting, and it was a list of all my flaws. Uh. And the point being, if if my girlfriend. I never sees this routine, and she sticks with me after this. Uh, there's, uh, there's little things like you know I used to have a, an ant's nest in my car, genuinely. At one point, it was red ants, pretty cool. Uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went for a phase of just not using cutlery or, or, or plates, even. I just everything was from a packet. and I just like the idea of never washing up and sort of like that. And it's just, uh, and I used to buy Scotch eggs, but not bother with the egg. I just love so the, the coating. Uh, but yeah, she's seen this routine. She's still with me, so it's, it's cool. Uh, but then, but what's happened is that you're you're then you're in a relationship,
0: but yeah. you're still living. Like a bachelor, because that's ma- exactly how I imagine I would live yeah. out of a packet, <laughs> and and it's no it's no surprise that a lot of your set is about your love for Ginster's pasties yeah yeah it's amazing exactly. because, so, because it is it is a
1: staple food for comedians yeah least. yeah it's, it's, it's dinner at 2am isn't it yeah. I, yeah. I've, I've got more mileage than I should do out of Ginster's I'm it's 2am so. there's a
0: 24 hour garage open yeah. what do they have Ginster's pasties alright
1: it's exactly. one of those <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally my life it's a, someone said the other day after a show like this, I, I they said I love your on stage persona I said like, it's not a persona I like, genuinely this is my life This is you know I do eat Ginster's I do talk really fast I'm genuinely quite excited <laughs> uh, I don't go on stage and you know <laughs> and then just do that so yeah yeah if you haven't already realised listeners he does
0: speak very fast but on on the iTunes Apple podcast app you can slow it down by 50% <laughs> so whilst my voice might sound like I'm doing slow motion <laughs> for
1: him, it would just sound normal normal, normal voice yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like I overwrite everything I do as well so um, I mean, my, my new Edinburgh show this year is called Paul Richards Talks Too Fast uh, which <laughs> I'm, I'm quite excited and I'm doing uh, my last four Edinburgh shows but in one hour yeah uh, so it's four hours worth of content and it's like just blast it all out and yeah slam. but then that's
0: the thing isn't it though that the you you clearly i mean yeah you use you speak very fast but then that means you've got to fill up to fill up an hour yeah it's a lot harder for you because you've you've got to speak really fast so totally. you're gonna have a lot more content whereas someone like James Acaster who takes his time over one joke and could take 10 minutes before he gets to a punchline because he does it all very slowly and very yeah, relaxed yeah. he
1: doesn't need any material he just
0: needs four jokes and he can fill up an hour just like that I, I
1: think James has more confidence I've met James he, I, I did a show with him before and he's, he's a lovely man And um, but yeah he, he knows what he's doing and he's very assured like I'm good at this and this is my thing you know. Yeah. whilst I'm like don't lose the room don't lose the room don't lose the room <laughs> yeah. <this> kind of, <laughs> uh, quick get them for another one, one quick quit, keep it moving I'll still get bored uh, or was that me just getting bored I don't know uh, I mean I I
0: had to really I mean I speak I've always historically spoke fast because again I always think that the quicker I can get because I was feared being on stage whether it was music whether it was acting I just absolutely feared it and I think it was part of the reason why I did it because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and and I think that like with that I just I just try to just fire it
1: all out as quickly as possible because the quicker I get through this the quicker I can go and have a beer and get away and so you've done it and boast to Facebook on you know, the friends on Facebook saying i just had a gig tonight I'm amazing type of thing and it's uh, mm. it is weird though I mean, we, had a, we had a show in Manchester on, on Sunday so it just went last year's Edinburgh show and it was a 128 people game uh, in a 300 capacity room so nowhere near yeah. out. but uh, really and I never just watch them walk, walk in thinking why <laughs> why are you here and what am I going to do an hour and a half to entertain them and that's <laughs> that's totally out of my comfort zone you know yeah, yeah. So, and and it it worked fine but it's it's that adrenaline rush isn't it and that's they've paid paid £12 to do this shit and it's kind of you know we've we've got them (laughs) yeah uh, yeah.
0: well really really they're getting four hours of comedy for for the price of one hour exactly
1: yeah no they've done well out of this haven't they and I've worked hard if there's there's, a big crowd like that I run around a lot and I kind of make (laughs) sure that they're 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 getting entertained I mean
0: unfortunately we had a we had a we had a pallet for a stage at my my comedy (laughs) club but um, it was a very small one as well. Uh, no, no, that's that's fine. It, it kind of it, it was good for me. I think yeah. to learn how to stand still for a change. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying I don't enjoy performing. I'm just saying before I get that, I get, I get that last minute kind of self doubt, and I think, what happens if it all goes wrong? Yeah. But then I get on stage and I think these guys are here now for the next 10, 20, 30 minutes for an hour. They're going to be listening to everything I say. So I have a huge amount of power right now (laughs) that I can say pretty much whatever I want. And either I'm going to get laughs, I'm going to fall flat or I'm just going to get oohs and R's are like oh that was a bit yeah a bit over. And, and,
1: and what's the worst that can happen as well? I mean I've had yeah so many bad gigs. I sort of three years ago I went on the run. And what, could I, uh, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? But yeah, three years ago I, I toured a show and I was doing really unconventional venues yeah. and they were expecting um, you know jokes. Uh, and <laughs> and that wasn't Weird. Was, a was comedy it? show. I know exactly. And it was uh, like one night I turned up and um, they, they I sent them a, the poster of the tour. I was like one man in a cajon like a little box. Drum, and uh, Awkward Man for an hour and a half lovely storytelling comedy and they didn't put that poster up they just put comedy night here tonight for an hour and a half I was like no don't do that that changes the expectation um, and, <laughs> and it was yeah, by far one of the worst gigs of my, my my life and I got a whole hour of content out of that one night um, I, I did a show about the show how bad it was um, but they didn't kill me and they think, didn't kill you. they didn't kill me I had to physically run out of the venue and I cut the, 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 the show short I, I think I did 23 minutes out of the hour and a half I was put to do and, and I ran out of the venue and I ran for 12 miles uh, to get away from this village in North Yorkshire it was, it was one of the worst nights of my life but I'm still alive and I'm still telling the tell about it and I think that's uh, and, and so you know ultimately you go on stage and you're thinking this is horrible this, this, you know, It's yeah, this but actually it's illegal for them to kill you, or to you. <laughs> and yeah. so it's uh, yeah
0: So you're, you're now fundamental. I mean, I know I didn't pay you to come to no, no, no. my comedy club, but...
1: No, no. but you, I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. So you you. are a pro now, so you yeah, aren't being totally. paid for it. And- I'm, t- I'm totally uh, freelance, and uh, it, yeah, the, the money is uh, unpredictable, should we say. Uh, I think we we did Newcastle and Manchester last weekend. Uh, Newcastle, uh, out of, of the profit, because I had some singers with me, because that uh, helps back me up. Um, every comedian should have a choir. Uh, so, so, uh, and uh, I think I made £11 profit out of that one. Uh, which, yeah, that's a long way to go. And to, to work for an hour and a half in, in, on stage in Newcastle, uh, but then, then, yeah, in Manchester we made considerably more. I won't go to figures, but it's more than I've ever been paid for anything ever. And I think, it's, it this does work, doesn't it? You know, and it's uh, you just have to work really hard, yeah. uh, and kind of just um, uh, live in a state of panic constantly, but. That's where material comes from. So have you already have you already got a house that you own? Uh, my girlfriend owns a house. You so own a house, okay? Yeah. So I'm technically her lodger. it's a lovely little house, and it's yeah. uh, it's all good. And she's you know she, she's quite relaxed. I, mean, I, I was six days late with the rent the other day, so I but she's fine with that. She she, she always gets it <laughs> within, within the month. It's fine, isn't it? She's very sweet. So, yes, I'm very lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: At least you realise it. Well, I mean, one of the things I, I would be reluctant to go fully re- freelance is purely before I've bought a house. You know, I yeah, don't wanna, yeah, no, I know. A- I know it'd be almost impossible to buy a house with with freelance. Like the the precarious. If you put comedian on. Or a musical comedian on on your your CV on your sort of application. Or even form. put on
1: car insurance; they won't insure you. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think that's why because I do a little bit of uh, drum teaching as well So yeah. I teach drums, and I think that's my my safety net. And yeah, if yeah. people ask, I'm a teacher. Yeah. You know, but uh, I'm only doing that for probably less than 15 hours a week. I mean, I'm in a couple of yeah. schools, including yeah. my old school, which is a bit weird. And that's a little bit of safety net money, isn't it? That's and good. There? That's good. And there's plenty more of it as well to come if if I need it. So that's quite nice.
0: And and just just so the listeners know, the reason why insurance for comedians is so high is because people like James Acaster are awful drivers and when they first learned to drive <laughs> they had like 20, 30 different crashes yeah, where they, s- they didn't die and they, no one got killed. Yeah, But yeah ever since he became well known comedians if you put comedians down in your car insurance it's because
1: of james acaster it and, and it's also just the amount of miles we do as well and yeah then, that's I, true. i've had my car since uh november and it's broken down twice already because it's, it's, it's an awful car I don't ever buy a french <laughs> car seriously it's, 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 it's just the worst car ever uh, but i've done twenty-two thousand miles in it already and it's only mm. february now so we're recording this so it's going. and that's just zigzagging around gigs isn't it and stuff so
0: however however if french cars any french manufacturers would like to give us some money i would happily speak very highly of them for this uh, yes
1: a, and also i, I said got french cars my car was 17 years old and i paid 500 quid for it so uh, as a mechanic as the am answer the other day it has a right to go wrong at this age <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it doesn't feel yeah. real confidence does it so a, yeah but uh, awful car uh, terrible yeah.
0: Billy Connolly, when he first started, he always started as a musician and a yeah. banjo player and he played in a band and he ended up just sort of more and more, each each time they performed he'd have a section where he'd speak right? yeah. and then that section where he'd speak to the audience got longer and longer so then it actually became Billy Connolly just talking and then playing a couple of songs and that's when he split from the band and became his it's, stand-up it's
1: like, comedian yeah, yeah. I think what else else, I, I, I sort of tore around my little box drum and it's yeah. uh, it's very much my my safety net yeah. as well but when I first did my Edinburgh show about, about four years ago I think it was uh, I was in a show at the Red Bull in Newham in mm. Cambridge and um, Roy Maguire was in the audience who's oh, a okay. wonderful comedian a lovely bloke I was a bit scared of him when he turned up um, but he bought tickets for the show it was like a five or whatever mm-hmm. and um, there was only sort of two songs in the whole hour and he said to me afterwards he's, he's really lovely he goes yeah, I, I really enjoyed that I can see it's a work in progress but you know it's, it's a few months to the friend that's cool and he said but at the moment you're just uh, another sort of Awkward, slightly middle class white man moaning about being single for an hour. I said, "You're really good at that, but there's a lot of you doing it." Out <laughs> there. Uh, I said, "But this this drum thing that you do," and he mentioned the idea of being like the Tim Minchin of drums. How long how long ago is this? Uh, it's about four years ago now. Four years ago, yeah. Okay. And he mentioned the idea of like being the Tim Minchin. Said, if you do more drum stuff, that will help you stand out. Uh, and actually, I realised then that you can you can write a set list on the back of the drum, and no one can see that. You That's know, true. It's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. This little thing, and it's uh, it, and it's perfectly same with the guitar. You could write it on the top. Up, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And, um, and I sort of certainly realized the weekend shows, I brought more percussion to the shows as well. Get the audience to be more percussionists and they got something else to do. And actually, you you've, you've formed a band on stage. And, and it kind of helps if they don't find you funny, you know At that point, because they're enjoying themselves anyway, and they've got their money's worth from from hitting stuff, hitting cowbells and shakers and stuff like that. And I'm getting, I'm effectively giving them a drum lesson on stage uh, with jokes added. And it's uh, it, there's just so many uh, safety nets, isn't there? Yeah. For, so did
0: you so did you do that as a breakaway from the bands that you were in, or did you start trying to do that whilst you're still in the band? Oh, totally. I mean, I'm still in the
1: bands now and stuff. And okay. uh, I, I think sometimes my, my band members don't really understand why I have to do this as well. I think it's a sense. I mean, and certainly, when it comes to um, we're booking tours up with the bands, that it's like, what, why is Paul doing so much other stuff? Isn't he happier with the amount of drumming he's doing already? You know, but uh, uh, so no, I've always had the two running parallel. Which is, I, mean, I think, like two years ago, I had something like three hundred and twelve gigs in one year or something stupid like that. Wow, just just comedy and music. I was just never in, you know. Uh, but last year things slowed down a little bit, but I'm doing better gigs now. You're doing uh, better gigs, uh, yeah, but right? less of them. I think that's the thing. So,
0: are you finding now that you're you're getting your own audience rather than because I just 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 like you say that you you maybe Roy McGrath saw you perform and he said if you do a bit more of the drums and, and yeah you're yeah unique. So. well as okay I so I performed a lot on the open mic circuit as a musician yeah when I went turned to stand up and I do the same open mic nights, there's a slight anger in the audience that someone has come on stage to start talking to them. Yes. Yeah, because so. <laughs> they want to listen to music. They're there for a music open mic night, and they want to see new acts um, of mu- musicians. Yeah, yeah, they want to hear
1: songs. So been, yeah, I've so like then at them, me so, there, so.
0: I've just then I've got five minutes or ten minutes to try and get them on my side, yeah. and either I'm going to absolutely fall flat because I don't want to listen to someone, somebody at talk. Or, but I, think, I guess when, with you, when you started out with the open mic nights doing that, the music stuff and the comedy stuff you're kind of like well okay they don't like the comedy I've got drums here I can just play yeah no,
1: totally and there's, there's certain nights uh, especially in that, in that horrible tour a couple of years ago that I did that uh, I, I, I think, I've got a nice career elsewhere why am I still putting myself <laughs> why, why, why am I still doing this why, why do I have to put myself through why do I have to lose money to uh, to do this but um, but yeah no, no I think uh, I'm, I'm gradually doing better gigs of both of them but uh, mm. yeah
0: so you've got your own you're getting your own audience now yeah probably, yeah
1: so. totally I, especially fringe wise I mean around the rest of the country no one knows who I am I think my my show has a nice title and people can you know it's, it's the complete trip hop music in an hour I think that yeah. pe- that sells in itself without people knowing who the host is um, although there's been a few people coming come back to see it a couple of times which is lovely um, in Edinburgh I'm getting a lot of repeat people now which is lovely every year I sort of notice oh, okay. uh, it, it, we're sort of talking probably less than 20 people when I'm there for a month uh, so they, they trickle in um, but, um, but they, they come in every year to see what I do and to see the progress uh, which is bad because I can't repeat stuff then because ah, they, they, they want yeah. a new show every year as well, which is um, uh, the only downside to that. But uh, I'm gradually building a following, just nowhere near as quickly as I'd like to. But, uh, <laughs> do you have them on a mailing list? I, I don't. No, I, I don't have much on YouTube either. There was, no. um, I, I had a weird thing a few years back. I, I really don't like um, uh, the internet uh, just because uh, uh, of what damage it can do. And uh, So I, I was on a really bad uh, tour, and then um, a, a, a TV station I won't name it, do I do a little pilot thing that like I do? A Minutes of comments, like, yeah, yeah, sure. I said, It won't be broadcast at all. Uh, so just do 10 minutes. We're trying out the cameras, it won't go anywhere at all. Just try out new material. We'll have 15 20 people in the audience. I was like, okay, lovely. So I did this, uh, this show and I tried out new stuff, and it was really bad like, really, you know, nothing was working at all. So halfway through, I said to the audience, This isn't working. Let's do some old stuff. that definitely works. And I kind of reverted back to my safe territory. Yeah. But then it was broadcast in Finland uh, and, hey. and it ended up on YouTube because some kid watched it and basically put it as like the worst comedians ever seen and put the whole thing on YouTube. Oh no. Nice. No. And uh, and it was quite funny how a 15-year-old boy from Finland, uh, it's, it took so much effort into that. But <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was, I was looking, I was Googling myself, and it came up as one of the top results. I was like, whoa, hang on now. Uh, so yeah. I mean, it's, it's been deleted now, luckily. But I mean, I mean uh, at the time, I was thinking, that this is harsh, isn't it? Because I've done a lot of good stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's like the one bad night, well, not one bad night, but the, yeah, a bad night is the one that ends up online as what people see as your thing, you know? It's, uh, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, that's the issue. I mean, it's a very different world now being in the comedy world yeah. or even the music industry because everyone now has the right to a view, you know? So, yeah. So if, if they see something they don't like that you've done on the internet, they have a right to say it and they have, it's, it's easy for
1: people to say stuff. But we I will always... do it as well, I think, and from, from an audience point of view. Like we're still audience members and I'll, I'll often look up comedians who I don't know. Uh, yeah. If there's one bad thing up there, I'm, like, no, I'm not going to book them. You know? <laughs> so it's just harsh, isn't it? But, uh... Yeah, but then the thing is... is you... <sighs>
0: comedy is slightly different to music and and stuff in that sense when when you've got a room full of people sitting there in the audience listening to someone talk and tell jokes yeah you, th- th- there's more opportunities for people to feel very awkward very quickly when they're watching a comedian perform yeah than someone who's tuning a guitar on them or playing an outtune song yeah yeah slightly so. you know i, th- I think is he i th- I find it easier to listen to music oh, totally. badly yeah. than I, I do watching a
1: comedian do stuff that I just, especially yeah. like if you do like a night with maybe sort of ten people in the audience and you you know it's really hard to leave. But yeah, yeah and yeah, you know, and you see the comedian dying on stage, and I, I used to enjoy that as someone's member. It's kind of like a car crash thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Uh, but these days, I, I genuinely feel for the comedian and I want them to be okay. Yeah, you know, I'll often buy them a pint afterwards, or whatever, and sort of say it's it's, it's all good. It's okay, yeah, but mate, then you know, but then uh, is that
0: helping them? Is it is it by saying ah oh, that was really good a a pint <laughs> actually helping them. Do do they need actually a bit of tough love and you just say stop putting your money into this. Stop <laughs> stop stop wasting your money. Like you you you're obviously a very funny person. You obviously have some great material. You're obviously very good at writing. You don't necessarily have to be on stage to do that comedy.
1: Yeah yeah. And that's like it's, um. Okay, I see
0: comedians that have got great jokes. Yeah. But sometimes they come to the punchline. Yeah. And then they just back out. Yeah. They have a, totally. a massive flooding feeling of. Of like self doubt just before they say it. Yeah, yeah. And then just back out, and then they lose that punchline. Whereas if they. Got behind it and actually punched. The if line. they believe
1: in what they're doing, but yeah. surely the the way around that is stage time, and they have to go yeah. through that that elusive hundred gigs to start with. I mean, I, I tend to do about hundred gigs in Edinburgh every year. Uh, yeah, I'll so come to so, that. Uh, but um, uh, so sometimes if you you see enough value in a person, if they're struggling, we're thinking, you know, he could be good in two years' time. You yeah, know, you you hope you, that. You, yeah, hope that. I mean, but, so, yeah. Sometimes you watch people and think that, that's just just terrible. Give up now, but you know, and that's. Uh, it's Harsh, isn't it? But this so, this yeah.
0: podcast certainly isn't for defaming other comedians. No, 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 of course not. And no, 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 uh, and I, I mean, Paul will agree. And I, I, I still die on stage, and I'm sure Paul still dies Constantly. on stage. <laughs> and <laughs> I know, I know that Stuart Goldsmith recently he did a gig and absolutely died on stage, and he's doing really well now. Yeah, that's so no, Stu's like, lovely. Yeah, you're, it's, it's, you're never, you're never immune from from dying on stage, but. Well, I guess what we're saying is that there's a few comedians that have been at it for like 10 years because 10 years is like the the mark of where it takes that long to get good Yeah, yeah. Totally. but then you see someone after 10 years and they look like it's the first time they've done it then yeah. you start <laughs> to think try something different yeah um, just
1: just uh, move your creative skills to a different area maybe of, yeah. you know, you can... it's very hard to tell someone
0: that though and it's very
1: hard to realise that yourself yeah um, um, but also I think they, they probably well I think if they're doing 10 years they probably don't know do they but I mean there's been many a time which I've got off stage going okay just be a writer because you know you write shows for other people write theatre that's, that's what you do you, you're trained as a writer you're a drummer and a writer that's great and then you have a good gig and suddenly you're like oh, no this is my you know. yeah. and, and generally last week was, was the first time in about a couple of months which I wanted to do stand-up again I had two oh, really? good gigs in a row and I was just buzzing about it, thinking, no, this is. It's, and uh, it's just really dangerous when it happens, though, because I wasn't going to do a stand up show in Edinburgh this year. Uh, I, I've got three shows already uh, a, a cabaret show, my history of pop show, which is kind of comedy, but you know, I've got a, a new play, and I've got a spoken word show. Uh, then I had two good gigs, and I drunkenly applied for an Edinburgh stand up show as well. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, my, my grammar is amazing when I'm pissed. I realise I write really good applications. <laughs> uh, so I woke up the next day and thought, whoa, okay, I, I'd book me. I <laughs> this is great, isn't it? Yeah, I so, should try that. Yeah, it's, it's good because I think you care more when you Drunk as well, you kind of, you, you redraft it. A yeah, you're a bit, bit time, looser so. as well
0: in the in what you're saying, you feel a bit more creative, I guess. Yeah, and, and you kind of more confident, you bring yourself up a
1: bit more, which I wouldn't do normally. <laughs> so, when
0: I mean, I spend every weekend editing... And these podcasts to get them out and yeah. by by towards the end of the day of editing them i'm absolutely smashed out my brain so yeah. <laughs> if if you ever hear any parts of the of the podcast that make absolutely no sense at all <laughs> it- it's because i'm pissed at my brain because i don't like editing and <laughs> no, and, it, and no if one you one guys can. if you've listened to give me some money to the podcast then i can hire a an editor to do it for me and then i could save my liver so you'd actually be yeah. saving my life
1: um, I mean, that's that's that, yeah, for, for a fiver. That's pretty cool. If everyone gives a fiver that listens to this, then uh, you sounds like you a charity. Appeal. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You, you live to your 80s, maybe.
0: <laughs> I, I consider myself a good cause. Yep, yeah, totally. Yeah. Tell me about the toys you did with the comedy, as uh, with the music. Sorry, originally.
1: Uh, so the music stuff, we, I mean, the band that i, that I most playing, the band called Friends House. Uh, it's my my most regular band. Uh, we've we've been around for a long time, and I joined them just after they'd done what was called the, the toilet circuit, as it were. So sort of the, the smaller venue type of thing. We sort of built a nice reputation. Lucky before I joined mm. and saying so. I wish I could get as far as the toilet circuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, there, there's a lot of bad gigs in the early days. There's I've all, got a, have to go through the first sort of, two or three years, even. Of I've got a room. hole in the ground for a stage. Me. <laughs> uh, but, um so yeah so the, the tours have, have got better and better and uh, small art centres is generally our thing now where yeah the, the money isn't huge but you get a small plate of sandwiches and a dressing room and the lights go down you walk on stage and you think you've made it um, <laughs> just don't look at the bank balance office I think that's the thing you know but, uh, it's a really lovely is we, we've toured China we did just over two weeks over there which was um, amazing but really hard work at the same time uh, it was a well organised tour but they really work you hard uh, really yeah so, Chinese are so lot...
0: very a very good work ethic they?
1: yeah yeah and then we treated like superstars over there because we're English and that's that's kind of what it took and it's um, we're doing two shows a day and um, we were just hired with booze the whole time and staying in five star hotels we never really saw the hotels because you had to go up to the next show each day and so um, you're staying in these amazing places but you're only getting four hours sleep in them and um, and, but yeah treated like royalty the whole time and sort of a thousand people a night sometimes more than that then we got back and played Northampton to 23 people (laughs) it was uh, was the most reality check you can imagine we got back on the Monday I think it and then on the Thursday night we're playing this... this really yeah, you know, a normal gig should we say and uh, yeah it was a shock to the system but it's yeah. a reminder that we're not the Beatles uh, we, just had a, <laughs> we just had a lucky break over there it was like a, a holiday and experience so how the other side live isn't it you know so, mm. uh, so yeah we're still touring and uh, we've, we've had to have a bit of a change of lineup recently but we've got some gigs up in April and they're nice gigs uh, and, and generally as a musician I'm more successful than I am as a comedian I've realised that but, uh, I, really, uh, yeah, okay. but I, I, I enjoy both I think that's so I can not do one not do the other if you know what I mean so it's kind do of do you feel?
0: Do you feel that one could impact the other? I mean, I have a pseudonym for the performance, and it just is not my real name. Like, it's not my my surname is different. Yeah, um, I I separate two two different things. Like, I write quite straight serious dramas and stuff with a yeah. different name, cool. and then I use Luke Anthony is is my comedy name because I don't want one to impact the other. Do you find that? I, find... I think,
1: um, in retrospect, I should have done that. Oh, you okay. <laughs> but it's exactly. too late. It's it too is too late. late yeah. Yeah. But also, I, I, I get um, concerned when like people come and enjoy the band. They look me up and go, oh, he's also a comedian. They don't find me funny. Then suddenly they don't like the band anymore. Like, there's, there's a real kind of, uh, there's an awkwardness to that, isn't there? So you are telling yeah. me why, I should have done that. Um, most of the time it works. People know me as like a comedy drummer person who's who's kind of reliable at both. Uh, reliable, I think is t- it's totally where I'm, where I'm at. <laughs> reliable, reliable. Yeah. so if anything else, just totally... Uh, could, Consistently <laughs> reliable.
0: <laughs> so. he, he he was late this morning, but he did turn up. So uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do
1: message say I'm just waking up on both that. Yeah, I couldn't.
0: Uh, I couldn't go as far as to say.
1: Diligent, but I could say reliable. <laughs> yes, well, I know got lost up by the tractor, and it's crazy. And then I couldn't find your house when I got here, but that's that's, that's all good. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. In retrospect, I, I, I could have separated things, and also, you know, working as, as a drum teacher, um, I don't want the parents or the kids that I teach to know that I do comedy because if they see something online in which I've sworn, for example, which I don't I don't really swear, no. no. Stage, but um, you know, but if the the, the old word for emphasis, uh, but then if I'm teaching their seven year old child, they probably don't want that. But at the same time, they want a drum teacher who's uh, Uh, who's who's witty and kind of makes things like hearted because learning is fun yeah so it's it's a real balancing act and one I haven't really quite got right yet but uh but yeah. um, I, 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 wanna, I, I like doing both I enjoy, I enjoy doing both and um, I, it's uh, mostly juggling my schedule as well so the band would come through can we do this festival No, Paul's doing the Buxton Fringe or the Derbyshire yeah. it's, you know, or, yeah, it's, uh, so there's, there's a lot of apologising <laughs> that goes on but we kind <laughs> you of, just, think of you just live your life feeling guilty all the time oh, all the time I literally just say sorry is my default word <laughs> 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 but that's what my new Edinburgh show is about is, is about a guy who's just running late for everything and I think that's just a really nice and uh, people think it's fiction but it's not at all. Just,
0: I mean, are you? Uh, but then, surely your your cover will be blown
1: if you turn up on time for that gig. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, that, that one's in a, in a paid venue, and I think I they, they have to kind of turn up. <laughs> let, 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 them, let them think it's fiction. I think that's the thing. But, uh, so, you, I don't know, have you got, are you going to open with, uh, well, this is the
0: first gig I've to ever turned up on time to? But.
1: <laughs> Possibly. I mean, I think um, you can sort of milk the awkwardness. So last year I had a lovely show at the uh, the Swindon Fringe, which I like, won an award for. So I'm technically award-winning. Uh, and even, you know, Swindon Fringe still counts. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> I had a lovely... Um, it, uh, show there and it started off with me struggling to turn off my MP3 player which was genuine uh, I, I yeah. didn't know it, it locked itself and I couldn't get the music off to start the show and they thought that was the act and they loved it uh, and I, and I sort of said, i will send the show for this year now you know and I think just being rubbish at life helps doesn't it sometimes uh, <laughs> we
0: well, pray for it don't you because cause I, I, I get the feeling that like you started out as a musician I'm going to take myself seriously now I'm going to be a serious musician I'm going to be a serious music teacher Mm. but then life just keeps kicking you in the ass and (laughs) and things keep happening to you and you keep walking into weird scrapes and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah totally and, and you couldn't possibly not be a comedian because where else are you going to have that outlook. absolutely,
1: and even like being, being settled now and all that stuff, there was uh, uh, I didn't realize my too girlfriend happy. too happy, too happy. But I didn't know my girlfriend had two cats, she's just two black cats, and I thought it was just one that moved really fast. <laughs> I, 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 never, I never knew that, and so instantly, even though I'm in a happy place, I'm still freaked out. I was like, how that cat get here? Yeah, it's a different cat, okay, but like, you know, that's, <laughs> it, it must be. That's, and
0: uh... so, to, how long did you go like? Did you what, so you're telling me that you were signing for like six months to a year thinking that this cat was just moving fast? Yeah. At what point did you challenge us and hang on a minute? There's something a bit odd about this cat. It I mean, seems... I genuinely
1: saw both of them in, in the room at the same time. That was when I realised. So that... that whole time, that you hadn't seen them? Well, the cats are fast. It's a small house. You know, it's kind of... Uh, it's... <laughs> I know you're tall, <laughs> but... And they zap around, don't they, like chasing mice and stuff. And uh, it's kind of... Uh, I just... And they've got similar names. And, uh, yeah, I lose track. There's Coco and Cleo. And, uh, just... and it's, I... it's, 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 you know, so I'm
0: confounded. Well. That's got me. Because I said earlier that... James Acas is the reason that comedians have really high insurance I'm starting to think that if you can't see cats <laughs> I wonder if you can see deers and other cars and other vehicles uh, also,
1: I mean I, I drive so slow that yeah, I, uh, these cars are moving
0: so fast I think there's just one car on the road I, I
1: do laps around me yeah, it's a, you know, it's a,
0: oh man
1: uh, no, no, it's a, it's a, I mean I drive a battered old automatic so I can't even get up to speed half the time I think that's the thing You know, so uh, I'm a safe driver anyone uh, insurance companies listen to this so uh, I drive like <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, had, um, I had a few points on my licence for years back from doing shows uh, and um, it, I, got th- uh, I got technically three, caught three times by the same camera uh, uh, <laughs> three in three nights uh, and, uh, and they all arrived in the post on the same day so I did a speed awareness course and I got six points and that, that was years ago and it's all clear now luckily Actually, it'll be clear in March so that's cool Before, <laughs> it'll, be, um, it'll, be four, it'll be four years in March they're gone by then aren't they? I don't know what oh they're going right is, but, uh, uh, but I, was doing, uh, I was doing a tour but I was so skint that I couldn't afford accommodation uh, and so I was coming Home every night, so I did Leeds, I did Newcastle. I was nice. touring and I was driving back every night back to the, the the little room that I was renting at the time. And uh, and I, when we gets like two in the morning, after having done another show to six people in Leeds, <laughs> I was like, you, and "You're on the home straight, you're on the A14." But it, there was roadworks going on, and I, I just got caught a few times, you know. Ah, I, I, I the average speed cameras, or? yeah, average speed. it went down from seventy to fifty. And I didn't notice. Ah, I, I, and I think, oh, it's like it's Histon that's fine. I'm nearly home now. I need to carry on going. And then uh, yeah, three in three in three days I arrived in the post. And I, um, and I actually genuinely called the police and said, "Look, is this it? Is there any more to come?" <laughs> and, uh-huh. and, and they they looked after me. and said, "No, no, I think you're done." Now. I said, "Yeah, I, I feel like I am." Yeah, it was
0: a really. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I knew I knew this guy. Uh, yeah, I knew. Yeah, I knew this guy who, who was a bit of a boy racer in his car, and he drove yeah. pretty too fast. And he, and in the space of like driving from one, coming on, on to a slip road to the next the next slip road the next exit and the next junction yeah he had lost his licence because he had wow. gone through like <laughs> six like speed cameras and he got he got all 12 points within
1: the space of that's, like a few minutes it can be done. not be I'm certainly not in that bracket I mean I, I get done for really unglamorous speeds I was like I got done for doing like 57 and a 50 three nights in a row yeah. and I think and you see the other guys and like their Aldi just blasting by and thinking oh, I was in like a Fiesta <laughs> like it barely going. this doesn't feel fair somehow but the law's the law and I'm sure you know I, I probably deserve those and all the time I been driving i managed to get away with it up to that point so yeah uh, but no no i've been driving very very safely so i think i'm a safe driver i mean i'm always one of those drivers that is uh <laughs> it is so so slow it's almost unsafe yeah at the point that other people have to overtake me you know but. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh man uh, i won't be sending this to an insurance company no
1: no no, it's, it's, uh, no no please don't uh, yeah
0: however if they would like to sponsor this podcast oh, please do yes yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to say really nice things about them So you told me a bit about your tour you did with the music. How about, I mean, you, you say you're constantly on tour. So oh, yeah. are you Are you now touring
1: your, you're still touring your comedy tour or? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I've made a mistake before of touring a really unconventional fringe show. Um, to to non-fringe audiences, and, I've, yeah, and, and just a, a stream of really bad gigs. Uh, but the the show I've had for a couple of years called the Complete History of Pop Music in an Hour is just really accessible. Yeah, it's a yeah, big yeah. sing-along show. It's a funny show. It's it's uh, yeah, it shouldn't work, but uh, it was it was an accident of a show in the first place uh, because I lost the band that I was supposed to be in it. It's so ended up having the choir, <laughs> and, and so it's basically me and drunk comedians getting through seventy songs uh, and um, it, it, as quickly as possible, and me getting panicked about the time because. Uh, and so that's uh, that's on tour and it will continue to go on tour for as long as I want it to so that's doing Edinburgh for a third year this year as well um, so just on Newcastle and Manchester we've got Belfast and Dublin coming up as well so nice big art centres it's cool um, and we're in Northampton tonight uh, which I'm looking forward to and, and Guildford and Southampton and Colchester so that's, that's cool so it's uh, so you've booked up like all week every week or usually or? Uh, most most of the time I mean uh, uh, January and February um, I, I'm kind of a bit quieter because yeah. no, apart of, you know, me I think there's six gigs this month so big proper big gigs but uh, there's still uh, only, only the six gigs. Also, um, have to be, keep some time aside for the band. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, at the moment, I kind of feel like I'm not taking on more stuff because the band are about to fill up my diary, and um, I've got um, Barnstaple Fringe Festival, which is a lovely theatre fest. So, yeah, yeah, shows yeah. down there. So I'm doing four nights down there, uh, which is nice to a residency in the venue as well. Uh, Swindon Fringe, Greater Manchester, Reading, Buxton. Um, there's eight fringes before Edinburgh, anyway. Oh wow! Uh, so so are are
0: you're doing like almost almost like Edinburgh previews, are they?
1: Or? Yeah. Uh, yeah they're just generally um, I think that they almost they're open about that themselves that they're not quite Edinburgh but it's a smaller Edinburgh fringe so uh, yeah Um, but they're good places to get reviews and and the old sort of nomination as well because when you get to Edinburgh you just get lost in a sea of other shows so it's, it's nice to be award winning before you get there if you Yeah. that yeah, kind of yeah. helps so yeah, uh, so, yeah just, just, just gigging constantly um, once I've got my new shows together I will uh, I will do more of them as well I'm still writing stuff for this year's Edinburgh because it's, it's only February and um, but yeah it's, uh, I'll, I'll panic book a tour in July um, I do a lot of house gigs as well I enjoy doing shows in people's houses it's oh, really? a really nice way if, if people can't be asked to go out I'll come to them and it's uh, and just do shows in people's Front room. Oh, right. yeah. wow. so really, wow. uh, I know Aidan Goatley is a good friend of mine. He's he's doing quite a lot of that as well. That's a really nice way to. Try out material, and if they, they don't like it, well, they haven't had to move. So kind of, <laughs> you're already in a good place, I, you know. So it's uh, I'll probably pick up. Um, I've, I've got a run of seven house gigs before my new show opens in April, um, just so I can rehearse it because else it's me in the house. I never, I never thought about doing a house gig to be honest. It's it's lovely. I did one at Nessie's house actually. Yeah, was oh, really? yeah, 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 and, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was lovely last night. Really hot, hot night. I remember I did two hours, which is a lot for her audience. They sat for it, bless them. <laughs> but uh, it was me and there was uh, like Bim the day bless him he loved it but most people didn't I think that was a night in which we were it was just too hot and uncomfortable but no one left and I needed to work some stuff out and so um, it, was, it was I got more out of it than they did it just <laughs> sounds,
0: sounds like you're holding co- comedians and audience members against their will yeah totally I, I don't know
1: how <laughs> <absolutely, yeah.
0: laughs> I, I don't think you can cover that up with comedy
1: and say that's legal <laughs> <laughs> well I, I did and uh, yeah no, no they, they they knew where the exit was did but, you get
0: yeah. some good <laughs> <laughs> knew where the exit was. Yeah. yeah, for health and safety, I had to point out the fire exit. Uh, yes, and uh, also the escape. If you can't handle my comedy anymore, <laughs> yes. did you get some good comments?
1: Uh, I did. There's lots of lost comments, and uh, ultimately, from the two hours that I did there, I think there's a nice. Sort of- 48 minutes of content from that, which is good, you know. That's pretty I, I, good. I, I knew it most of it worked already. I was just um, sort of self editing, isn't it? But again, yeah. you can't, you know, my, my girlfriend, Bless her, she's, she's lovely, but I can't do the show to her every night in the house. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's a sense that she, the novelty wears off, and I think it's, it's, she, she's cool because she's not a cheerleader. I don't think she even likes sometimes what I do. And it's, uh, she's, not it's there to be your, she's not there to be your fan. Though, is no, she? no, I think <laughs> it's a separate world, isn't it? So I can't just rehearse at home all the time. So I would go to, to people's houses and do shows. With the uh, sort of the note being that you know this is new new stuff, yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. so be kind. And uh, if you don't like it, this isn't my best thing, you know. So yeah,
0: you just want free cups of tea and biscuits, don't you? Absolutely, it and it works every time. So, do you do you record yourself when you perform
1: just to get your own? Uh, sometimes, yeah. When it's when it's new, yeah. Uh, because uh, you
0: because you said that because one of my fears is that if I improvise, yeah. and come up with some dynamite thing accidentally, like the time you said you were playing music on your MP3, yeah, and then they thought that that was. Part of the act, yeah. You know, if it's quite easy to forget such things or how you did those things, but I, mean, I, I,
1: I write stuff down straight away after every gig. Yeah. generally as a rule. So, and, and yeah, you know, I know stuff doesn't work. Uh, if as soon as I am saying it out loud, even if they're laughing, I am thinking that that can go. You know, so it's, uh, um, and I think it's, it's, the shows always improve, but I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily call every gig uh, no. unless it's really new. Uh, then um, I, I think sometimes it If I just sort of did a show. Uh, uh... I to my wall at home uh, and did, uh, did an hour of it I, I wouldn't know if it works or not No, it is, it no. Weird, if it were the same show and they're laughing I'll still know which bits don't work just actually having you can tell if they're being polite and stuff you know and I think that's why people record stuff aren't they just to, uh, to, to judge the room sometimes and yeah to exactly, get it back. yeah, yeah so yeah. it's uh, I mean a little thing we had a lovely gig in, the, in Manchester last weekend in which um, I said to an audience member do you want to play, play the congas and she misheard me and she did a conga oh,
2: and, she yeah. started <laughs>
1: and I thought I'm having that and so we, we, we let her do the conga and a Whole room started in a Congo and it's this really bizarre twist of the evening I wasn't expecting but if the audience having a good time it kind of gave me a few minutes to reassess where I was at and they go okay so what happens now just reset the show they're having a good time I'm still getting paid it's lovely and uh and but then now that's in the show indefinitely yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know and uh, we, and so I wrote that down and since I got back to the hotel I was like yeah that's that's cool and so uh yeah so when so when it doesn't work yeah when it doesn't work because
0: it I, you, you are obviously Going from strength to strength, and you've been doing this for a while, and clearly you're great at what you do. But when it doesn't work, how do you pick yourself back up to carry on doing? Because you sp- you spoke about how how like you do a couple of gigs and they went amazing, and they're like, oh, I should be, I should do comedy, I should do yeah, comedy. Yeah, totally. What about on the flip side of things?
1: I mean, it's it's. I, I'm I, I say I'm really about this. I think a lot of comedians are. I, I do beat myself up more than than I should do. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think if you know the show works, uh, if I'm touring a show which has done well. For a while, and then people don't like it two, three nights in a row, which they have every right to not like it. It's, yeah, I'm very Marmite, I get that. Uh, and, um, and it, But you know, so well, enough people do like it. For me to know it works. If yeah. you're doing a new hour and it's new and no one's liked it for the first week, that's where there's issues. Yeah. Uh, and, and generally, you know, they're, they're, like most people, I consider quitting all the time. I think that's. You know, and and, and I, last year, I sort of said, "Okay, I'm doing 100 more gigs and I'm done." That was my thing. Um, Did 100 I, more and you're still doing it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so because I, 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 I still enjoy it, and I think but, uh, I may I have some gigs I didn't enjoy. Or I think it's a thing at fringe last year where everyone was younger than me, and that started to annoy me. Which you yeah, see, I'm getting older, and yeah. and. and the- <laughs> guys who are more successful than me younger and, and better and I think that's a, and um, I think okay I can be a playwright I can be a Nick, next Alan Bennett instead I think that's my so my you future. start trying to
0: find other route for you to go into
1: yeah like. yeah and I, I still believe in what I do with comedy but I don't necessarily have to be doing 10 minutes in four hours away yeah to, to prove that I'm still a comedian if you know what I mean I think I writing stuff is, is still something I do all the time it's an outlet isn't it you're yeah, still it being is. creative yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I kind of said yeah yeah I need to slow down because uh, you know I not did a show last year in Edinburgh which I wasn't in but I wrote so one of my shows was lovely and, um, and I enjoyed having actors as my, my slaves that were. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they kind of went on stage and uh, they, they, every day they performed amazingly for me yeah. for my show And, and I Did you got, feed them? Uh, I, I paid them uh, so I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was so slaves you know what I mean? but, uh, no, they, they were an um, uh, amazing cast and wonderful show because um, they had a brilliant director who, who did a lot of work on the show and made my word, words look better uh, they, um, and, and I was just so grateful because I got so much credit for it. And I didn't have to do anything. I could lie in and go on stage doing my work. And i think, thinking, why am I not doing this all the time, you know? I don't yeah. have to go and die on my ass uh, on stage and, and sweat my guts out for an hour when actually there's other people willing to talk my words for me. That's great, isn't it? But then I missed not doing it. And so 100 more gigs, that was the plan. But uh, yeah, I, I've lost count now. But Fine. I am doing this... Uh,
0: I think' yeah the thing is with the thing is with like writing sometimes you write stuff where you write jokes or you write yeah. routines and also i mean I, I i like 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 yourself, I do a lot of writing I do a lot I write you know bits of sitcoms I write doing sketches yeah that yeah I can't really try out on stage so much, but sometimes yeah. It's really great to be able to write and then just get up on stage and just try this out. Yeah, yeah, try totally. a variation of what I've written and see if that works, and then maybe because it can be a pain in the bum to get like actors and people and get cameras and hire this and hire that. Yeah, and actually, you just get on stage and just do do a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and ultimately, it's just, maybe we we enjoy the struggle. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, and then, so. I think
0: it's an element of like, I, I, if you're a natural born performer, you just when you when i go to a comedy gig and i just see people performing i'm like oh I really want to be up there yeah, doing, yeah, this. Be doing this. Yeah, you totally. Yeah. Even with music, I see music. I say, oh, why yeah. haven't
1: I got my guitar with me? I could do, I could do a couple of songs. I mean, I, I get to the point where I hate going to other people's gigs, especially in music. You feel like well, it's an I'm element sorry. of jealousy, isn't there? That yeah, like, yeah. I'm oh,
0: so lucky to be able to doing that. Why can't I be doing it? Yeah. <laughs> so I think if you write stuff and you direct stuff, because I've done directing yeah, as well, yeah. no, God, no. do you think, oh, these guys are getting all the reaping all the rewards, they're getting yeah. exposure, whereas I have to sit back here and I have to. Bust my balls and write all this stuff and yeah, come up with yeah, it, and they yeah. can just go on. They can get filmed or go on stage, and they get all the massive applause. Not me. Yeah. So I'm going to go and do like another hundred gigs. And yeah, and yeah, <laughs> prove myself. I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, ultimately, we want to do everything. I think. So yeah, yeah. I, I want my plays to be going on the fringe. But I also, want to be doing it myself. I want to be a musician. And there's just there's never enough hours in the day, is there? And that's why. <laughs> that's why caffeine exists, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. You know. It's, uh, <laughs> but going back to the original question, how do I put myself up? And I, 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 sometimes I don't. I think that's the thing. But in time, you you, you just gradually go, okay, i have also done a gig. And, and I, I'm always low until the next gig. And if that gig's a bad gig, then you're still low. But you yeah. just need one good night. And then, yeah, I, I did a show to six people on, on Tuesday night, um, a night that I run in Shepworth. a lovely, lovely evening. But, um, but they were the best six people ever. I, right, uh, yeah. And I, I, I loved it. And I was buzzing from it afterwards. And I got back and I got home and I couldn't sleep because I was, and my was like, good night I said yeah yeah six people said, okay uh, but it, it, the, the other side doesn't of it, really no, matter. no no so they were just an amazing six and I, I ended up staying up till like two in the morning just writing more stuff because uh, I, I, yeah it's just, it works is not it but then uh, you can do a show to 50 people who hate it and that's where you get low from it it's a know? risky business isn't it, it's, it risky, is. it's risky having I mean why do like, you do this <laughs> yeah. that, well,
0: yeah, it's, a, I, it's risky having such such dependency on reaction, such dependency on success, or such dependency yeah, yeah. on on that, you know, it's it's a weird thing, and it's odd. It's, I find it really difficult to speak about comedy and performing and all that sort of stuff yeah. with people who don't do it because of course, yeah. because they don't quite understand. They don't understand why we do it. I don't, I don't think we understand why we do it. No, no. So that, much we just come up with bullshit reasons to say on a podcast as to, <laughs> that may be popular to the listeners. But yeah. that, I uh, mean, but it is weird, isn't it? It's a strange thing to... So almost, it's almost like a form of self-harm or risk to self-harm. When you yeah. go on stage, this could go absolutely wrong. And if it goes wrong, I'm going to absolutely beat myself up about it. I'm going yeah. to hate myself so much. I'm going to hate life so much. and the, yeah. But I'm going to go and do it again anyway because now I need to try and
1: recover from this and yeah. prove to myself <laughs> that
0: I can do it. It's a very strange, very it is. strange I mean,
1: mentality. Uh, I, I think both of us will end up doing it forever as well. I can't see it. They, you don't stop doing it as well. No, I mean, so, no. But going back to you said so earlier about sort of the power that you have on stage as well. And I, you know, I, I'm what I'm playing in the band. I don't get nervous at all ever. No. Because uh, I, I know what I'm doing as a drummer, and it's it's almost not my problem. You know, the, the bands have written, <laughs> the, the bands have written the songs. I know I'll play them fine. Just stay and beat, uh, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm I'm doing a professional job for them, and that's that's awesome. Uh, with comedy, I'm so nervous for every show I'm watching behind the curtain seeing people walk in going why what do you want from me you know uh, but then I'm still the one on stage and that's the thing isn't it and it's that power that we have it's a strange buzz. When it works, though, it's the best thing in the world. I think that's it. Absolutely, yeah. A, in Newcastle last weekend, we we lost four people walked out after 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and it was really shaky. It was a 90-minute show. And, uh, and I, I, think, yeah, head, I was thinking, help. In my head, I turned to my little choir. I was like, how are we, how are we going to salvage this? And I had a guest comedian, and I got her on really early, just so I could get off stage a bit and like reset in my head, thinking how we uh, let her do some... She, she was a Geordie, so it helps Oh, OK, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I was talking a bit too fast. I need to get off stage and go... Okay, and then and I mean, the rest of the show was by far the best we've ever done. It. Yeah, uh, and and those who, who stayed, which is most of them, you know. First, I think we lost six out of the forty. Not, it starts on bad, and um, it's uh, and they they loved every second of it, and it was a great night, and it was one of those, and they couldn't understand why those people walked out, and and they ended up having to lock in afterwards, and it was just the best night ever. But do you know but- what's
0: interesting about that is that instantly you commented about how many people you lost from the audience yeah and I think it goes back to that sort of that self sort of um self-doubt almost. yeah like so they, not, we not lost not called, six
1: people so we failed but 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 uh, yeah so 34 enjoyed it but I'm still focusing on those six I think yeah that's exactly, they, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that uh, sort so... of sums it up really
0: I mean I think that's really interesting because 34 people still there six people out of the yeah. 40 yeah. people is not that big uh, so, so and you said you had a really, you went on to have an amazing night
1: anyway. So yeah, I mean, I, I went on stage. I mean, we got through to the interval, and I, I went to the dressing room, and I was feeling quite low about things, and I was thinking, no one's gonna come back for the second half. This is, and actually, James who was in the choir. He, he went to the bar, and he came back. and said, "Paul, they're loving it. They're loving it. It's like really excited <laughs> about this." And he said, "You were just doubting it because we've had better reactions in the past." Yeah, and I went on stage the second half, and I was really angry. Uh, I was like, uh, I, was, "I was like, right, we're doing this. You guys are coming back. So you're gonna have a good time, like it or not." And I was like, I said, you're gonna come to the front now, and we're gonna make it into." The- so, because it was a big room and we hadn't sold that many tickets, I yeah. think so it felt. Awkward, uh, so I got them all to the front row, and, and I just I went so far. We overran by twenty minutes in the end because I was enjoying myself so much with them. Oh, uh, but it so... kind of felt like a punk gig by the end. It was like a, uh, But then the the next uh, night we did it to over hundred people in Manchester, and it was word for word the same show, and they all every, every one of them loved it. Yeah, uh, and I don't understand people anymore. But I mean, that's uh, but there is no understanding. There of... is no understanding because it is no. literally identical. You know, it's billed as a haphazard, shambles or show, but it's really scripted. It's uh, yeah, I I know where it's heading. You know, and it's uh, but um yeah they that couldn't do a thing wrong that night and I drove back going, okay this does work that's a relief because I think but if, it uh, worked the night before it, the second half works, yeah half worked. but okay. I'm still running on the first half and that's because that's what we, we do isn't it yeah you know? of course and I, I, so I was freaking out at the weekend about how the show is advertised I think those people have walked out it wasn't what they thought they were going to get for their money it's £12 a ticket as well it's quite a lot um, yeah. and I think it's a really cracking fiver of a show I think the show that got, I think this is the best £5 you'll we'll ever spend but £12 yeah. mm. I, I, and uh, maybe it's been advertised for wrong stuff but then apparently there was a row in the bar during the interval about the show Which I thought was—I was oblivious until until after the show. And some people who loved the show, and then some people who were trying to get a refund. Uh, And and the people who loved the show were saying, "You must have seen what the show is." you know it's a sing-along show you didn't want to sing along don't have a go at the guy for it and then they were getting really heated and it's, it's almost like a compliment that they cared that much to have an argument about my show whilst I am just sat in the dressing room with my beer going I hate this why am I doing this <laughs> <laughs> I can make good money out of teaching just, I don't need to be doing it you know it's a yeah
0: um, yeah you, you mentioned a bit about like you know going into music performing your music yeah you absolutely love it and, and it's easy you don't get nervous you just sure, go up yeah. and you do it you know you go through the motions because you're very confident in it. With comedy, you get very nervous before and you you, you, you worry and you get a bit frantic before you go on. Yeah. I just wonder what, what's the last thing either you do or tell yourself before you get on stage, I, I
1: generally uh, run the intro to the show before I go on, because uh, I think if you get onto a good footing, if you get that first laugh in early, they feel like they're in safe hands, and then you feel <coughs> yeah, safe. Yeah, as well. uh, um, uh, but if they don't laugh at the intro, which happens quite a lot, then you're in trouble. I think because this is the intro is usually the strongest bit of the show. I think, and then and then there's there's points where it peaks again. But I think once you've got on stage, you can afford to let go a little bit and relax. Uh, so I'm literally just running lines, and um, I think and almost not thinking about the. Audience audience too much. It's uh, I'll go into actor mode basically. Is that, uh, is, is that why
0: you do the um, you you'll have heard in the earlier in the the podcast yeah. that I I played a bit of his music of him doing
1: that and what could possibly go wrong yeah, yeah. is
0: that why is that why you you use that yeah, that totally. is that your first is that your intro that that's, your... that's
1: my intro for most of the shows and I give out bad reviews of the show they're about to see uh, just to lower their expectations I I, 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 bit, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I, I'll give out four reviews so two of them are good and two of them are bad and just to prove like, that I know it's not to everyone's taste either uh, but so and I think that and if they laugh at that then you're fine aren't you and if they're thinking oh we're about to watch a show and no one else is like, just spent 12 quid <laughs> On this, uh, yeah. So, and, uh, so yeah, Newcastle, it, they, they, they didn't like that intro, uh, but in Manchester, they they thought, oh, this is gonna be great because this guy's so Manchester's
0: particularly good for comedy. Though,
1: they, was it was like really that. lovely. That yeah. it sale, it's a lovely art centre, and um, and they just it's a Sunday night, it shouldn't have worked, and we we'd lost a singers well, so she, she didn't die. She had to teach a better gig uh, to go to, and uh, so we, we we were down to my choir was two people, and it was billed as me with a choir, and it was two mates, <laughs> and it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was pissed as well, and it's was kind of you know, it was, and I'm thinking this should have worked at all but actually in Manchester it's glorious isn't it
0: you've written over 25 shows yeah. for the Edinburgh Fringe and I know obviously some of those would be shows that other people performed yeah yeah totally. some would be ones you've done mm-hmm. I mean and that's incredible. I mean, it's, it's fringe, is that fringe just the thing that you, you love doing fringe
1: it's festivals? Totally. I mean, I lose so much money doing it, as we all do, but I, I'm really, uh, I, I'm just addicted to it. It's just, I wouldn't be anywhere else in August at all. Uh, I love the drive up, I love the anticipation of how my runs are going to go. I love when the venue comes through and gets confirmed. Yeah, it's, it's usually at sort of this time of year. I've had a few confirmed ideas, a few more on the way. And I love sort of looking up the room beforehand, thinking, okay, where's the sight lines for the audience, all that. Just, mm. Everything about it is amazing. It's, uh, I love the camaraderie with my, my fellow comedians chums. We yeah. We're all, yeah, we all in sort of the same circuit, we're all at the same level, uh, and, and and we all go out together. I and mean, yeah. it's just it's just amazing, isn't it? and I
0: mean, it can be quite hard to get to get punters in to see the shows. How much do you do like promotion before you go in before, no, before you perform? Sorry.
1: I mean, I, I, uh, what you mean, like flying and stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I also, I, I, I don't do well because I don't have time to fly my shows because I'm doing another show. Uh, so last year I had my own pamphlet from all my shows in. So I was doing five a day and I had a little booklet I give to people and it sold all the shows in one go. Okay. Uh, which is really arrogant to have your own pamphlet. I'm not off fringe of interest or what I'm just a performer but it was my only way of selling all my shows in one and, and flying once and kind of just getting all the people in. Okay. And, and if they turn to the wrong page then they go, oh well he's doing that show as well, I'll come to that one instead. You know, and that kind of helped a little bit. Um, my, my numbers have never been great at the Fringe. I... I generally, the shows always, pretty much always happen, um, but yeah, if I get double figures, I'm doing really well, I think that's, wow. uh, you know, apart from... It's hard pop, though,
0: because it's, it's such a saturated market, isn't it? It
1: at is, but uh, the History of Pop one just packs out every night, and I'm still confused by that show, because yeah, it's, it's running for a third year show, and I'm touring it, and as you know, and it's, uh, but people just like the fact that it's a different, rather than just a man shouting for an hour, their songs, and stuff like that, and I think yeah, it's yeah. almost like a, an alternative choice, and um, <laughs> it's just, uh, and, yeah, if I had four of those a day, I'd be making lots of money out of this but also history history of pop is kind of what's keeping me going financially so whilst stuff I maybe put a bit more effort into, no one comes to. But that's uh, I mean, and but last
0: year you performed ninety-seven times it over is. twenty-three
1: days. And I was booked to one hundred and ten, but I caught shingles. Oh uh, gosh! I got I got very ill in the first week, <laughs> and uh, and I did a lot of the shows sat down. I, really? I was really yeah. ill last year, uh, and uh, I, there's a doctor there, there's like a fringe GP, and he kind of said to me, "Well, no sympathy." He said, "I've seen your schedule. You're doing this to yourself." Uh, he yeah. saw my schedule before, that, and he kind of said, "You're knackered on a." Ride because uh, I was working long hours as a, as a drum teacher just to pay for the fringe beforehand yeah 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 uh, so, so I arrived exhausted just to make sure I was financially uh, in, in a good place and then I was doing five shows a day and as not just doing <laughs> the, I think if I was just doing five hours a day uh, that's fine it's the running between them it's the Yeah firing. exactly yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. all the, the the stuff you have to do around that uh, yeah. and, and the socializing Which know any kind of said to me you, you just worn yourself out and he said yeah you're not 25 anymore
0: no
1: you're 36 so I uh, oh, no, 37 I'm 37 now. I'm 30, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and uh, I'm thirty eight soon. I was confused as to what age I was, at. but you know, what I mean. But um, ultimately, I tried a bit too hard. I think last year, but um, but he's saying that I'm, I'm doing four uh, this year again. So I don't learn.
0: And um, so you, you know, you're, you're obviously very experienced with. With uh music and stuff, and yeah. now particularly the experience with—I mean—you've done a hell of a lot of gigs yeah. as a com- as a comedian. What advice would you give to a musician or a comedian to just starting out on the open mic circuit? Uh,
1: certainly, from from a drumming point of view, uh, be as flexible as possible. Uh, join every band going, learn every style of music. I mean, there's a lot of. Um, caveman drummers out there still who are stuck in Blues Rock or whatever which is cool if that's all they want to do uh, but I think you know, drummers who want to make a living out of this have to turn up and do anything so whether it's a full scale musical or you're playing congress for duet yeah. or whatever I think uh, and, and don't be a dick I think it'd just, just be really nice to everyone all the time even if the money isn't great or whatever yeah. everything's a step isn't it you know so uh, how about someone who does play
0: music and wants to do musical comedy? How would you advise them coming into the open mic scene in a comedy world, but with music?
1: I think it's, uh, we, we've got it easy compared to other comedians. I think, uh, we're, we're, I'm think i generally seen if I'm doing like a mixed bill in London, for example, I'm the, the token weird guy. If there's 10 acts, I'm usually Act 8, I've realised that. I'm the one who just breaks things up a little bit, because musical comedy is different to what else they've got on the bill. So I think musical comedians generally have it easier, uh, and so just apply for slots, record one song, send it around, if it's a funny song obviously, you know, uh, and, and don't pick a massive instrument, so I was, uh, I did a show called One Man in the Box a few years back, in which I toured the UK using public transport, using my cajon, my big box drum, as a suitcase, and so I put all my pants and stuff inside there, and I, I caught 28 different uh, trains in that tour, and it was just really exhausting to do that so pick a small instrument a harmonica or something a triangle a, a triangle so, yeah I mean this little kohana is amazing that I use now because it just fits in a, in a rucksack and it's cool you know But uh, uh, so yeah pick a nice small instrument um, and, and don't be a diva about Plugging in stuff because you you know the turnaround at gigs oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. you actually said to me before you, you booked me the night i said well i haven't got any di's or, 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 or something like that yeah i was like i'll just turn up and shout at people and hit stuff <laughs> but, you know, uh, but i know you like keyboards you know if, if you're walking on stage and have to set up a massive keyboard and plug it in and all that stuff you lose the momentum of the room don't you and, and and it's the mc won't like that you know so just be as flexible as possible Yeah, either
0: either do that or have these things set up Ready. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. Let, yeah, let yeah, them yeah. plug it all in, get it ready, and then you just pick it up when you use it.
1: I mean, a friend of mine, Dave, with uh, David Trump, we mentioned before. He's uh, he's. He has a massive projector on stage, and his whole act is projection based comedy. But he's really good at knowing where he has to be in the set, so either he's headlining or he's opening or he's opening the second half. Yeah, and he's and he, you wouldn't believe he has so much equipment and so much effort goes in certain up because he'll run on stage and go straight into it, you know. There's, there's, uh, so I think just be a bit prepared for it. But um, generally, make things you get more bookings if you're hassle free. I've realized that if you're, if you're on time, and uh, I know I was like, for your gig, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did message like, uh, But uh, if, if you're on time and you're Nice to people, and you're you're just no hassle for them. I yeah. think you, you get more work that
0: way. Try not to be hassle, but if you're going to be hassle, please give like pre-warning. Yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> this is why I am. But uh, hopefully, it's worth it. You know, and I think that's so Yeah, great, great advice, great advice. One last question, really. Yeah. What does the next year and the future hold for you?
1: Uh, it changes all the time so um, when I got back from the fringe last year I had, I had a great run I popped in the shingles and stuff I had a really good run but I thought that's me doing to stand up now because it's not progressing anymore uh, I, I do well on a certain circuit and I'm done, but then, then I start to enjoy it again so suddenly I'm, oh, I'm definitely doing stand up again for the next 10 years uh, so it does change all the time uh, I, the plan is to write for more people uh, I, I, I've got a, I'm writing a show for someone else at the moment uh, I had a show last year with someone else as well um, so basically do more of what I'm doing do it better, uh, and and just continue to work and tour. And um, I'm actually in position now. where I wouldn't change anything. I mean, obviously, we'd all we'd all love bigger audiences and more money, um, but realistically, that isn't always going to happen, is it? So uh, realize why you're doing it. If you're enjoying it. Then would your life be better without it? No, <laughs> so just carry on doing stuff. So um, I've written a novel before as well, and I'll, I'll, there'll be a second novel coming out this year, wow. uh, which is um, which is cool because I have too much time on hands clearly. What are they called? What are they- uh, the, the novel is called My Function Band Hell, and it's uh, <laughs> it's about a bass player. I made it about a bass as well than a drummer, so no one knew it was me. Uh, as <laughs> a, a bass player who who had great aspirations but turned forty and ends up in a in a covers band on a cruise liner and then tries to commit suicide. It's a comedy, uh, but uh, it's, uh, he hates doing. Wham- Covers every night for a living, and so he ends up uh, in this weird. But then he meets the girl of his dreams on the boat, and ends up sort of finding himself again. So it's, it's a nice story uh, once you get through the, the suicide attempt quite early on. It's lovely. Uh, so, <laughs> it's, uh,
0: s- s- stick it out until the end of the book. Yes, yeah, so,
1: it's, it's, um, it's it has uh, six spelling mistakes, as I've been told by somebody who bought it, okay. but uh, which is cool. But if you can get through those, that's fine. Uh, where 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 can people buy that? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's, uh, it's 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 all the uh, Amazon's the best place for it. So I still have some uh, physical copies available, but in a really small font I wouldn't bother uh, so, but the, the Amazon ones is, is easier to read I I, I like it okay. uh, musicians really like it there's a lot of in jokes in there about right. uh, aspirations as a musician but also the, the grim reality and, and it's, it's written in two halves so it's uh, the first half alternates between the two halves. It's about him now, and then the rest of it is his diary as a teenager, wanting to be a successful musician. Right, that's right. And, and you see how much things are, are have changed for him, but actually how much happier he is as a grown up still. So that's uh, mm. so yeah, so that's 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 a novel, and there'll be another one. I've been working on various bits and bobs. Um, one about a man who accidentally ends up living in someone's attic by mistake, and then spots a murder. That's that's the new thing I'm working on at the moment. But that's, okay. uh, but it'll be a comedy at some point. Uh, I'm going to get a sitcom. I made a film a few years back as well, uh, called Fifty Ways to Leave Your Drummer. It in which I got sacked by 50 different people. Nice. Uh, and, uh, so I had to play Badly on Possible. So I got sacked by Jeffrey Tull and uh, Frank Turner sacked me, uh, Arthur Smith, comedian, Pappies sacked me. No, brilliant sketchy, well, you know. And uh, I just uh, emailed over a thousand people and asked them to sack me, uh, and uh, 50 of them did. So I got a film out of that and went end up in the arts, Picture House to premiere wow. and stuff. So it was, it was a good thing. I just kind of milked it for about two years, which is too long, really. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so there'll, hopefully it'll be another film at some point. I'm making a film at the moment called Laughing Boy on Drums, and it's about this whole because i'm i get work because i'm a happy drummer i get that and um actually uh yeah you know, sometimes you're masking something i, I sort of uh, I, I did a gig uh, um on the day of my dad's funeral so obviously like the worst day of my life and then on stage yeah. i was like happy man drumming because my face goes happy when i'm drumming and it was oh paul is such a happy guy i went backstage and cried my eyes out obviously and, then, so, and i think we can do the whole tears of a clown type thing so that's a film that's, uh, that's happening so um so yeah lots of touring lots of films lots of novels and stuff and uh keep on enjoying myself and you've got your your Prince yes so more evidently there's uh, I think there's going to be I'm doing four a day this year uh, even though I was told my doctor so he did two uh, but what do they know <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm doing uh, I've got a new play called Harvey Greenfield is Running Late which is um, involving running for an hour on stage whilst apologising for being late for things um, it's uh, it's an exhausting show I don't think I'm physically in shape for it yet but I have to be by August so that opens that's on a half eleven every morning as well uh, what could possibly go wrong and then um, and then I'm doing <laughs> Do a pop at 2:15, and then uh, I'm doing a show in which I'm meeting all the Spurs players uh, from the first ever Spurs game I went to in 1992, and uh, interviewing them. Uh, it's like a spoken word thing. And then uh, I'm
0: gonna be- have to I'm gonna have to suspend this interview now because I'm an Arsenal fan.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm having a good season. I, I know you're not. After that, one 0 two. That bait whether you play with What was that all about? Uh, but, uh, yeah. uh, this is gonna change change the dynamic of this. It's uh, <laughs> we'll broadcast now because the yeah. tosser. You know? no, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah no, I'm meeting up with Ian Walker and Justin Edinburgh and Teddy Sheringham and all these, these wow. guys I haven't actually started meeting them yet and I need to get a move on with that because the, the venue's just been confirmed then my, my Edinburgh stand up hour is me trying to do my last four Edinburgh hours in one hour That's the uh, so it's called Paul Richards Talks Too Fast and yep. it's uh, me doing four hours worth of content um, <laughs> and if and if people can't
0: make it to the fringe where can they see you perform in Cambridge or in London Cambridge, or
1: I, um, I, I run a night in Shepworth which is in Cambridge-ish uh, called Let's Face the Music and dance, uh, which is a title I was so proud of but I'm stuck with now and obviously it's worn off uh, so that's the second Tuesday of every month yep. but that's like the plough in Shepworth where I, I'm just there usually trying out stuff and often checking it out and doing old stuff again as we all do as a, as a general rule we have amazing comedians we had Rachel Krieger in the other day she's, she's doing really well at the moment uh, we have a Peter Buckley-Hill who's the founder of the Free Friend. she's done it f- for me a few times so, so really great people that's a nice and it's free as well uh, yeah. so that's it and then um, just check out my website because stuff comes in so it's com um and uh yeah you'll you'll see my massive list of events which scares me slightly because it's uh yeah i'm a stalker's dream It <laughs> so,
0: yeah. has been an incredible conversation uh, so. and and thank you so much for coming to see me and, and talk i mean yeah i mean i've done, look forward to being at all your gigs and and you know maybe collaborating
1: together yeah and yeah stuff absolutely and, yeah, and yeah. uh I do I've enjoyed myself uh, well a nice way to spend a Saturday morning <laughs> so, anything else to plug? Uh, 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 oh, man, there's, there's almost too much isn't there uh, so if uh, yeah, there's four new shows ultimately so um, go if, and see them uh, yeah please go and see them yeah thank you <laughs> what could possibly go wrong what could possibly go wrong
0: Well, what an awesome chat that I have with Paul. He has four shows going to the Edinburgh Fringe this year, as if performing 97 times wasn't enough last year. So if you are at the Fringe, I highly recommend catching one of, or if not, all of his shows. He isn't a huge fan of social media, but his website is always up to date, so check out his web address in the episode description. What is going on in my world? Well, I've booked conversations with comedians all the way up until the end of April. I'm also in Uganda at the end of March and will be interviewing some of their top comedians for a few special episodes, so keep an eye out for that. That's going to be really amazing. Of course, I'm running the Bridge Comedy Club as well, gigging as much as I can, and still doing the monthly episodes about Luke and Life with Martin and Chris. Please subscribe, rate, five stars of course, and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you want to contribute to the running costs, you're more than welcome to by going over to my website, lukeanthonycomedy.co.uk, forward slash podcast and hit the donate button thank you for listening to the Comedians Outlook podcast and please tune in next week for another great conversation in the meantime you can listen to the back catalogue all of two episodes so far but still worth a listen bye for now hello I'm Luke Anthony do you love hearing about the stars, careers, lives and mental health or Meet the Stars it's a brand new podcast all about that Join me every week from Wednesday the 2nd of December for an excellent conversation with a different star each episode. Simply go over to members.starevents.online to become a member, which gives you exclusive access to every episode and so many other brilliant features just for you. See you there.